0: G'day and welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. I'm Guy, Senior Pastor of City on a Hill, a movement of churches across Australia united around the central mission of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Whether you're on your morning commute or sitting down with a warm cup of coffee, I hope this message fuels your faith, hope, and love. And while we're here, let me encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. You can do that by heading to cityonahill.com.au. God bless. Look forward to connecting soon. Have a seat, everyone. Give these guys. (laughs) You do such a great job. (laughs) So good. Uh, This has got to be my favorite night of the year and my favorite service of the year uh, for a couple of reasons. And uh, for some of you who come regularly, this is old, but, but... we chose this for our wedding anniversary, my wife and I. It's 25 years uh, 25 years ago we got married, so this is a special time. <laughs> but there's something really special about this moment where in a couple of hours' time, or an hour and a half's time, it's going to be Christmas. There's something, it, it's not just the vibe, it's not just the excitement of, of seeing the lights and being together and having um, things to look forward to tomorrow. There's something more, there's there's an echo of something here, or maybe far more than an echo of something that really counts. And I want to speak to you tonight about the impossible gift, the impossible free gift that Christmas is. I don't know what you think of when you think of an impossible gift. Uh, maybe you think of the impossible person to buy the gift for. <laughs> that can be impossible. Maybe you think of the impossible gift to wrap because it's just so complicated, um, or maybe, maybe you think of the impossible gift that you want, but you don't think that you'll be able to get, because it's impossible. Um, I saw one example of that recently, I don't, I don't know if we have this slide, but it was, do we? No. <laughs> oh, we do! There it is! That's an impossible gift. <laughs> Pity the parents uh, who had to deal with that young lady on uh, Christmas morning. But tonight, uh, I want to speak to you about the impossible gift of Christmas, and I want to look at three areas in which this gift is impossible. I want to look at with you the fact that Christmas is the resolution of an impossible promise. uh, Christmas is the restoration of an impossible relationship. And finally, it's the realization of an impossible dream. So I want to look at those three things with you, but... um, Earlier, we had uh, Christmas viewed through the eyes of Mary. Um, The Magnificat is what you might have heard that song called. It's Mary's song. It's the first Christmas carol, if you like. The song written by Mary. Now, who was Mary? We, We don't know an awful lot about Mary. We know that she was a Jewish girl. We know she was betrothed to a man called Joseph. And Betrothal is not a concept that we understand, I don't think, most of us. It was not the same as being engaged. It was more serious than being engaged, because if you broke a betrothal, you had to go through a formal divorce. But it was not yet consummated marriage. It was somewhere in the middle. And Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and that also gives an indication of her age, because most Jewish girls at that time and in that culture were betrothed somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14. So this this woman, this girl, Mary, is very young. And um, what prompts her to sing this song that we heard those kids read so beautifully is that the angel Gabriel appears to, you could, to her. You can read it about it earlier in the book of Luke. And the angel Gabriel is a, a supernatural being that attends the presence of God. And this incredible angelic being appears to this young girl called Mary. And the angel tells her, you're gonna have an impossible gift, you're going to have a little boy. Now, um, I've experienced the news uh, seven times uh, that we were going to have a child. And let me tell you, I had to have a little lie down on each of those occasions, because it can change your world, that news. But none of those occasions when I received that news, when we received that news, was impossible because we know what causes these things. It's chocolates and stalks and things like that. But... (laughs) Not this baby. This baby is impossible. And sometimes we think that Mary is just this credulous little teenager, and she goes like, all right, okay. I don't really know how these things work, but um, I'm going to have a baby. But Mary goes, she's not like that. She goes, how will this be since I'm a virgin? It's impossible. And the angel responds to her, Gabriel, and what he says in one sense hardly helps, but he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be called Holy, the Son of God. Gabriel says this is impossible. Possible for you. But the child that's gonna be born of you will be fully human. He'll be your son. But he will also be fully God. He will be The Son of the Most High. He'll be called the Son of God. We call this the incarnation. God becoming human, two natures in one person. Now, honestly, this is hard to believe. If we stop and think about it, as April says, in in the midst of all the busyness of Christmas and all the, the noise, it's hard to believe. Uh, We think a far more reasonable explanation is probably the chocolates and the stalks one uh, for Mary having a baby, but that's not the explanation that the Scriptures gives us. It's not the explanation that leads to Mary singing her song. You see, when I say it's an impossible gift at Christmas, a definition of an impossible is, of course, something that's not possible. And if something that is not possible actually happens, we call that a miracle, and there is absolutely no doubt that what the Bible is talking about here is a miracle. Now, now, for some of us, miracles are problems because our worldview would tell us that this is all there is. Uh, this world came about by a, a process of, of random evolutionary development. There's, there's no guiding force or ex- outside power doing it all. Um, so this world is all that is. Everything, you and me, this moment right now is a complete accident, it has no meaning or guidance. it's completely random, and if that's the worldview you have, then miracles, the, the possible the, the impossible becoming possible, you, you have no place for it in your worldview. The only people who receive impossible gifts are people who are being scammed. And it's good to come with that kind of attitude in many ways, I think, uh, because as Brendan said, you know many of us uh, many in our culture will go, this is just a fairy tale. We're gathered here for a nice feeling, but it's, there's no substance to it. It's a nice story, but the Bible asserts far more than that. The Bible, as Brennan says, asserts that Jesus was a real person and that this is true. It's not just an, you know, a fairy tale. And, I mean, for some people who say, oh, this is all just like a, A fairy tale. I kind of think, well, how do you think all of this came to be? How do you think this world with all its complexity came about? Um, Sir Fred Hoyle, I've used this story before. It's a great story. It's a great quote. Sir Fred Hoyle uh, was one of the most famous scientists of the 20th century. He was the guy who coined the term the Big Bang. A very well-known, very well-respected scientist. And he was once asked what the probability or the chances of a single cell a single enzyme coming into being through the process of natural selection with no divine being or agency was. Someone said, what's the chances of that happening? You know what he said? He said, the chances of that happening are one in 40,000 zeros probability. One in one 40,000 zeros. What number is that? I didn't do maths at school, but that is a very, very, very big number. Uh, in fact, um, thankfully, Sir Fred Hoyle uh, gave an explanation for non-mathematical people like me. He says, it's about as likely, and I quote, as a tornado sweeping through a junkyard and assembling a fully functional Boeing 747 from the materials therein. That's what the chances are of all this happening, according to someone who's not a Christian. He says, that's the chances. I mean, has not that they got a tinge of mi- miraculous to it? One in 40,000 000 zeros? probability. But anyway, if you do, if you don't believe, you only believe that this is all there is, then you can't believe in miracles because this is a self-contained system. But if you believe that there's a creator who stands outside that system, then surely a being with the power to create the world in the first place can intervene inside his own world in what we would call a miracle. And this, C.S. Lewis once called it, the great miracle. He, he, he said this about Christmas Eve. The central miracle asserted by Christians is what? It's the incarnation. Every other miracle prepares for this or exhibits this or results from this. It was the central event in the history of the earth, the very thing that the whole story has been about. That's what we're talking about tonight. An impossible gift. But what I want to share with you now, as I said, was the three areas that this impossible gift makes a massive difference to you and to me. Firstly, it's the resolution of an impossible promise. An impossible promise Um, Mary's song, the Magnificat, if you read it, 12 times she references ancient scriptures or prophecies that were written, some of them, many, many hundreds of years before the time in which she lived. She obviously knew them. She says um, in her song, she says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Abraham lived somewhere around 2,000 years, give or take, before this moment. And Mary says... This Christmas, this promise, this impossible gift is the resolution of that impossible uh, promise. And why was it impossible? Because that was made thousands of years, or hundreds and hundreds of years before. And for many people living at that time, they were saying, when is this gonna happen? Our fathers and their fathers and their fathers and their fathers and their fathers. Everyone's been looking forward to this promise. What was the promise? The promise was that someone was gonna come. A king was gonna come who was gonna set his people free. He was gonna be like a new Moses, setting his people free from slavery. This, the Bible predicts this again and again and again. It talks about where this child will be born. It talks about how he'll be born, how he will live. It makes predictions about these things. But for many people at the time, they must have gone like, this is just impossible. How can you predict things that are gonna happen hundreds of years, thousands of years before they actually do? The first Christmas is the fulfillment of an impossible promise. That baby, that free gift. Secondly though, and I think more importantly, not only is it the fulfillment of an impossible promise, it's the restoration or the reconciliation of an impossible relationship. What do I mean by an impossible relationship? I mean the impossibly broken, wrecked relationship between us as humans and the one who is our creator. Uh, the Bible, the story of the Bible is a beautifully impossible story of a God who loved so much, he, he created a world, a beautiful world, and he created humanity, you and me, to be in relationship with him. He created this world so good, so beautiful, but in an impossible act of rebellion and foolishness, the first humans rebelled. They, they broke that relationship. And the, the word that we use to describe what happened in that moment and what's been working out ever since is a three-letter word that's more... Foul than any four-letter word that you will ever say, and that word is sin. Sin. Sin is the things that we don't do, that we should have done. Sin is making things into God when there is only one God. Sin is denying who God is and claiming the benefits he gives us as coming from other things. Sin is, to us, is not a big deal, really, often, is it? But the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Not only has it separated us from God, but it will, in the end, destroy us. The relationship between humans and between God was impossibly broken. But the angel Gabriel comes not only to Mary, he also comes to the father of this impossible gift, Joseph, the human father, the foster father, if you like. And Gabriel says, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. I mean, Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. This impossible gift of an impossible baby will do the impossible. It will restore humanity and the God who created them back into relationship again. Mary in her song sings, my soul rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary needed to be saved. You and I need to be saved. A, a whole human race needs to be saved and that salvation is not just salvation from death, it's restoration with the God who created and loves us and made us. And it's something that we can't do ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't save ourselves and deal with our own sin any more than a child can change their own nappy. If you're a parent, maybe you've you've seen that happen. Uh, Once it did occur in our family, one of our children um, tried to change their own nappy. I'll be very careful not to give gender pronouns here. Um, And I came down and I could hear that child crying behind the door and I tried to open the door. I said, what's wrong? And and the door had been jammed, (laughs) shut deliberately. (laughs) Push couldn't open and finally I got the door open and I saw that the child had tried to change their own nappy And it was bad. (laughs) The more the child had tried to clean themselves up, the more it had gone everywhere, through hair and clothes and bed and walls and and carpet. And, And my recollection is, I think that we actually had to change the carpet. It was so bad. And that's like sin. The more we try to clean ourselves up, the more we try to earn our way to make ourselves better, the worse it gets. We try to go on and self improvement things and New Year's resolutions, as some of us will do, and they just now work. The impossible child is a solution to the impossible problem the reconciliation of God and people. It's wonderful news. And how can this impossible child do it? Because the impossible child born in his impossible way makes that possible. Because remember, this child is fully God. Only God can save. Only God can save from sin. I can't, you can't, none of us can. God can, and this child is fully God. But this child is also fully human. This child can represent you and me to God in all of our humanity. He can identify with us in our human condition. This child is fully God, fully human. And he is the resolution of that impossible problem of of our broken relationship with God. My favorite Christmas carol, I mean, that's so hard to say. I've got so many favorites. Uh, I could probably say that about nearly every carol, but one of my favorite carols puts it really well. It's called What Child Is This? What Child Is This? And, And there's this particular stanza that explains how this child will do that impossible thing. It says, Nails and spear she'll pierce him through. The cross be born for me and for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh. The babe, the son of Mary. Jesus will be the resolution of impossible promise, the restoration of an impossible relationship, and finally, he will be the realization of an impossible dream. Um, I think I can speak for you, at least I can speak for myself, is that I dream that this is there's more than this, <laughs> that things are better than this. I, yeah, at Christmas we, we pause and we look at the world and don't, don't we dream that there'd be peace, the end of war, the end of conflict? the end of brokenness internally with one another, with our world, as well as with God, but peace. And yet peace eludes us. Um, I studied um, my postgraduate in um, politics and international relations, and it was very interesting to to read about in the 20th century, there was a a great belief that war was done. Um, In the early years of the 20th century, um, people were saying that, we we got so educated now that we had made such wonderful scientific advances that people would never go to war again. And there was a a really famous book published in 1913 called, I think it was called The End of War. Of course, 1914 was the beginning of the First World War. And then after the First World War, there was a new group of people who said, this time war is really done away with because we've just seen how tragic and terrible and catastrophically bad war is. So war's done with Okay, that worked out. And then after the beginning, when we split the atom and we had the nuclear bomb, people said, This time war's over. And yeah, we look at the news tonight, or you look at the news today, and I don't know how many thousands of people have been killed this year in war, but there's many of them. It's got to be better than this. Don't you dream that your children or the next generation will inherit something that's better? This baby is the promise that that dream will come true. This baby is the promise that that impossible dream that you feel deep inside you, it's not, it's not an impossible dream, but it's, it's actually a dream put in there by our creator that there will be a resolution. I love it. Uh, in the book of Isaiah, I've written 700 years approximately before this impossible gift was given, It says, Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now you say to me, Andrew, the Prince of Peace has come, but there's still war. It hasn't been achieved. I say, yeah, you're right because the prince's peace has come for the first time. Came as a baby, and he died on the cross, and he rose to life, and he's coming again. And when he comes, that prophecy will be fulfilled just as all the others were. And there will be a reign of peace that goes from river to river to mountain to mountain, and the seas will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. It's coming. This baby is the fulfillment of that impossible dream. It's good news. It's good news. It's incredible news. And, and as I close out tonight, I want to ask you, so what? Uh, so so what for you? Uh, well, first thing I want to say, this gift is free. Isn't that incredible? All of these impossible gifts given to us in this baby, Jesus, are free. We can't earn our way, we can't work our way, they come to us freely, and so the question is, they're like gifts given freely underneath the tree, not yet <laughs> unwrapped like these are. And my question for us tonight is, well so what? Um, what are you gonna do with this? What will I do with this? Um, it might be that, that you, will, you will walk away from tonight and leave the gift unwrapped, sorry, yeah, unopened. You'll leave it under the tree. You'll go like, yeah, I'm not that interested. This, is, this was a nice night, but it, it, I'm, I'm of the fairy tale position. And you're entitled to that view. It might be, though, that you come tonight and you, you pick up the gift and you, you shake it and you rattle a bit and you go like, could this really be true? This guy clearly believes it. Uh, thousands, millions of people throughout the years have believed it. Could it really be true? Could the impossible really have been made possible? Could this baby Jesus really be all these things? And and maybe as you shake that, you think, I wonder if there's something in it. I would encourage you to keep that shaking, that gift. I'd encourage you to investigate it for yourself, uh, to take the time to seriously engage. Um, We've got a course in the new year called Introducing Jesus, and that does exactly what... Well, hopefully what the title says, helps introduce you to who Jesus is. Gives you the opportunity to ask some of the questions and to really shake and rattle that box to see if maybe there's something in this. And it's my prayer that you would come to the point when you unwrap that gift, that incredible free gift, the impossible gift. But for many of us, we've opened the gift a long time ago. And my prayer for, for you and for me this Christmas is that the, the wonder of that grand miracle, as C.S. Lewis called it, would strike us again. Maybe in many ways, Christmas become, well, it becomes part of the routine, doesn't it? I've done 50 now, and they, they roll on, they come around. But my prayer for myself and for us is that the wonder of Christmas this night would strike you again. You're here God brought you here. And my prayer is that the same Holy Spirit that overshadowed that Virgin Mary and brought forth this impossible gift would refresh your heart. That this Christmas, in all the busyness and all the things that are gonna happen tomorrow as, as we enter Christmas Day, and all the fun and the joy and the parental, in the relationships and family tensions and all those things which will truly happen, that you'd remember the wonder of the incarnation. That the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we've seen his glory. But maybe this Christmas you go I've never opened the gift. But I think I want to. I want. I want to know this Jesus. I want to explore this for myself. Let me encourage you. Open it. Take the opportunity to open the gift for yourself to discover that, as um, the angel says to Mary long ago, what is impossible for man is possible for God, for nothing is impossible for him, and that you might, this Christmas, discover for yourself more deeply what this is all about. And if that is you, we'd love to chat with you. In the new year, we've got, uh, as well as introducing Jesus, we've got a a new um, sermon series called The Parables of Jesus, the stories that Jesus told, Throughout January, we're gonna be looking at the stories that Jesus told to help show us who he is and what he has done. Love to see you open that gift. But as your, music- as your musicians come up, I wanna pray for us that this gift, this impossibly free gift be one that you and I experience in some way you this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you loved the world so much that you sent your son. Born as a baby in an impossible way through an incredible miracle of the incarnation to live as one of us and yet to be holy, to be the son of God. And we thank you that this Christmas, this wonderful news, which is of great joy for all the people, this news which shows the favor of God poured out upon this planet, poured out upon us as humans, we pray, Lord, that this wonderful news would set our hearts full of joy for the first time or for the 50th, the 100th time. And we pray, Lord, that as we sing now and as we we look towards the dawning of Christmas Day, that, Lord, you would fill us afresh with wonder, the incarnation, the grand miracle. May it strike us, we ask it, in Jesus' name.